This is Hamk Unlimited podcast, and I am the editor-in-chief, Maria Lassila Merisela. The sixth episode of the podcast of Hammer University of Applied Sciences discusses business design, a new way of business development, which has been taken into curricula in business studies at Hamk. But what does business design mean from the point of view of the students and the teachers? The speakers are Vesa Tuomela and Jukka Raitanen, who both work at Hamk, and Mihail Koch, who was the first double degree student at Hamk Business Administration degree program. So hello, it's uh, spring, 15th of May, and uh, it's good time to reflect what we have been do- doing during the academic year. And we have uh, chosen a topic called business design, and we have three of us discussing this topic. Michael Koch from uh, uh, Bern, he is our double degree students, and Jukka Raitanen, he is our uh, manager of business services, and myself, Vesa Tuomela, and I am a lecturer in entrepreneurship. And uh, we will um, discuss from uh, about this uh, um, business design mainly from uh, three different point of views. One is the student learning point of view, the other one is uh, business service point of view, and the third one is uh, a teaching point of view. So first of all, um, business design can be defined as a process where a customer, user and all the uh, relevant segments are taking into the process actively from the very beginning. And the process itself includes uh, preparation for the process, the point of view from which angle we are looking for the business challenge, and then we start building understanding of the uh, challenge and everything related to that. Once we have enough understanding, then we start um, creating new ideas to solve the challenge. Once we have found uh, um, attractive ideas, we will transform them to a tangible prototypes. And once we have tra- uh, prototypes, then we can ask feedback from all the relative all the uh, relevant uh, groups like users, customers and uh, others who may be interested in what we are doing. And uh, this we do as many times as is needed and it is called double loop process, which is pretty much um, a learning process. All right, so Jukka, what do you think? How can we or how have we uh, used this process with uh, companies, for example? Um, yeah, with the companies, uh, we've used this process quite a lot. And uh, the whole process itself, uh, if we're thinking like, if we're thinking smaller companies and with the, we've done like design sprints with them. So we don't use the whole, mm, uh, from the business model, Inc. the Design a Better Business tool. It's a tool we've used and uh, we're not using the whole tool but we've only used some parts 
that we find relevant and uh, that will help the customers gain knowledge of their business. So the idea uh, behind the business design that we've done is not, uh, it has not been in creating solutions in a way, but uh, it has been used in giving insight for the company, for them to use in their own, own decision making. Mm -hmm. Uh, can you describe any any um, difficulties or challenges that you have seen or experienced by using this method with with companies? Yeah, the, um, there's one difficulty uh, that comes maybe as the most visible one, and the companies they like to think that they know. They know their business, they know their customers, and they know the current situation. And in the business model uh, that we've been using, or the business design, uh, we start from uncertainty, from the point of uncertainty, and that's not not something the companies are really fond of. So they tend to uh, they ten tend to have the answers already in the companies, and uh, it it has been a quite a road to travel with them for us to get into the uncertainty aspect. Mm -hmm. So I think that's that's something that's really tangible with the companies we've been doing this project with. Mm -hmm. Okay, then Michael, you have been doing your dissertation and uh, it has been about uh, uh, product development and also the business development. Could you tell briefly how you have been doing your, your dissertation? Uh, yes, it was very interesting for me because my whole studies have been uh, quite theoretical, um, as it was as it is what one expects from from a business uh, studies. And then my dissertation was, as you said, about uh, product development, so a very practical part. And that's when I started using all this uh, lean startup methodology, like the like the design uh, design a better service. Um, and what I did is more or less exactly what Yuka was telling before. Um, with, the, with the knowledge that all I have are just unproven assumptions that about the problem that I was thinking about, um, I started really talking to, to users or to customers um, which are involved in, in the problem that I was thinking about. And I saw that some of my assumptions were, were true, that I was right. But that at other parts, I saw that I was completely wrong with my assumptions and that the users partly made completely con contrary statements that I expected. And this has proven to me how, how important this new methodology is, because if I hadn't done that, I would, would have built my, my business on, on completely wrong assumptions. Mm -hmm. Yes, this validation of assumptions and hypothesis is very crucial part of the, the process. How did you feel when, when you realized that your assumptions were somehow wrong? How, how did you feel about it? Well, first of all, I've, I thought it would be a failure because I was very sure about my assumptions because these were things that I experienced myself. So I was pretty sure I was right. And when I saw that I was wrong first, I thought, Oops, <laughs> and uh, then at the at the second uh, moment, I realized that I was just really lucky, and that it was very important um, to see that I was wrong. So after that, I can continue to 
to develop my product on, on better assumptions. Mm. And uh, as we are speaking assumptions, I believe that there are at least two kind of assumptions. One that are uh, concerning the problem that we think is the real, and then the other one concerning the solution that we believe that would uh, uh, solve the problem. Uh, did, did you find uh, uh, these assumptions right or wrong in both of the cases, in once you were discussing about the problem and then the solution? Uh, definitely, definitely. I, I met them more at the problem stage, um, at the very early stage. And as we say, it's, you should love the problem and not the solution. So I was mostly talking about the problem to really yeah. figure out. Yeah. And uh, then after uh, getting first prototypes, I was again talking with, with the users. And there are other assumptions that uh, were proven wrong, but still there were less because I knew the problem very well before. So my assumptions were already improved, but still not, of the all, not all of them were true. Mm. Yeah, I, I think with the companies we're working with also, uh, the assumptions there, uh, the companies tend to have assumptions of the situations they're currently in. And uh, they also have assumptions of the need. And uh, the companies uh, tend, to love the pro tend to love the solution instead of the problem. So. Uh, what Michael just described about uh, changing the way of thinking in a way towards the business design thinking uh, that's something that's something that's really hard to do in mm. a way because you're doing your business and uh, then then someone is telling you that you might not have the right answers mm. and the companies or the representatives from the companies it's a it's a tricky situation mm, it is acknowledging that you're uncertain and uh, that you only have assumptions that you need to validate with the tools. So, mm. yeah, that, uh, that's something really great about I've read Michael's thesis, so yeah. it's a great one. Yeah, yeah uh, I, was, uh, I was quite um, interested to see in one of the workshops how difficult it was first to, to have the similar understanding of words and concepts, you know, we even, those who were in the team, they have a different assumptions about the concepts or the meaning of words, even though the words were the same, still we had a very different um, uh, uh, view on this. So I would say that that is the first step for validation to discuss the terms and concepts and meaning of the words that we are using. It is easier in the process if we understand it in the same way. So that is kind of a first uh, validation. Uh, the, uh, so Michael, you, you did, uh, you paid a lot of attention in the beginning for the user and because you had your own personal experience on uh, the job to be done of the, the, the user, uh, uh, how did you do it in practice with, with other uh, users and potential customers? How, how did you explain them the, the problem that you 
experience yourself and try to recognize if they have the similar. How did you do it? Yeah, um, I was trying to get as much information as possible without revealing too much about my own idea so that they are really honest and open-minded and they don't want to be just honest and tell me, yeah, yeah, you're right, your idea is, is great. So I try to develop um, it in a very neutral way and that's why I did it on paper and not just on, on talks with them. So I created a, a little questionnaire um, that I just handed out to them without further comments um, so that they could really be honest and tell me their experience and their problems with, with the topic and they are not just copying my ideas. So I think it's all about neutrality and how can you get honest feedback about, about the problem. Mm. Yeah, uh, uh, that sounds uh, uh, a clever way. Quite often we start to direct or try to influence too much about about uh, uh, the audience to whom we are talking. And uh, uh, I don't know what kind of questions you, you use, but the, the more open the questions, the more you give space for the person to use their own words and tell them how they feel about it. So that may be something worth to, to, uh, to use as well. Okay. You uh, yeah, uh, in that aspect is also, as we've noticed here at HAMC, so as we are facilitating something like the business design workshops or tests related to business design and design thinking, it's really important for the facilitator to be open and to be neutral. Exactly. As for the methods and the situations and maybe the needs of the different groups in workshops, they differ a lot. and. Uh, as one, we cannot be expert in all of the areas, so we just need to be open and ask questions, ask a lot of questions, like you did in the questionnaire. Mm. So I think that is one of the keys also in the design thinking, or what do you think? Yes, it's sure. And I was just thinking that, Michael, you did, you did it by yourself, this, this dissertation, but you work with others quite a lot. So how, how did you find it to, to working with, with, with the users, with the potential business partners and so on? It was very, very interesting. Um, at the beginning, it's a little bit hard because you have to move out of your comfort zone. You meet new people. Um, you always have a want of them. So we always need to ask for help. Um, it's not always easy at the beginning, but it really pays off because it's very, very interesting. And uh, Hamk really provided uh, lots of help by connecting people to each other from from other degrees and this really helped me to to develop my idea mm. Mm. so the network of of different kind of people what about the if you think about the the environment or the facilities and what's here in the campus and maybe in campus in Bern how how did you find working here uh, yeah, I've, I found it very interesting. It's much more um, supportive in general here than I am used to how it is in, in Bern, in Switzerland. Um, after first stating my idea, I already got the first ones who tried to help me, who tried to connect me with other ones. Um, we have great facilities here at HAMC, um, so the prototyping was much more easier here. 
um, with the 3D printing, 3D scanning. Um, I would ha have never been able to develop uh, my prototypes um, in Switzerland as I was able to do it here. Yeah, okay. Okay, uh, before we go to the prototype, I was just thinking, uh, uh, please tell us briefly, how did you create the ideas for your solution? How, how did you, what kind of method did you use and how many ideas did you have? <laughs> I had many, many ideas. Um, I actually used um, different materials to, to generate or to show my, my first ideas. Um, and then it, sh it turned out that plastiline was the best one for, for my idea because I could form it uh, how I wanted it and then shown to others and then they could tell me their ideas, we could transform it again, improve it again, and asking other users again, and therefore it was a very iterative process to continuously improve it. So you actually, uh, all the time you were transforming your idea as a, as a plastiline form, basically? Absolutely, so the, the prototype we have now looks nothing at all like yeah. my first idea was. So. Um, at the beginning, like everyone, as Yuka said, I, I loved the solution. I thought, okay, my, my solution is great. Um, but then I started loving the problem and therefore get more open-minded to also change my initial yeah. solution. And now it's, it's way, way better than, they, my, than my own solution would ever have been. Mm. If you think, did you have uh, 20 ideas, 50 ideas altogether? <laughs> uh, I started, as I said, with one very strict one, yeah. then it became maybe 50 ideas and yeah. now we are back to two or three ideas that we're continuing yeah, yeah. with. Yeah, okay. Sounds good and uh, openness you mentioned. Uh, it's great to hear that we have, I think we, uh, we also think that at Tampke we have this open, openness towards developing different things and uh, the multidisciplinary side came also with your project as there were some mechanical engineering students involved. How were there like two or three uh, from Rehimaki? Yeah, there was, there was at the beginning there was a team of five actually, uh, mechanical engineers. And then now we are a team of me who does the business side and two engineer students who does the practical mechanical side. Yeah, and there's one, one thing uh, inside that sentence you just said that business developing, it needs a team. It needs a team with different types of expertise and different types of knowledge and different types of networks maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, therefore the co-creation and the co-working spaces, they are really important. Mm -hmm. uh, because without the spaces, without the possibility to meet people, uh, it's really hard to form a team. Yeah, that is really the. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that uh, the whole idea in co-working spaces is 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 actually quite beautiful in a way that people start working together even though they come from the very different business or background or or purpose, but they want to be there and share their ideas, get ideas from others, and have a dialogue. And I think in one way. This kind of campuses with the with the facilities and with with people who are interested in what they are doing, it can be like kind of a co-working space as well. Yeah, I have the same uh, the similar like 
attitude towards so a co-working space does not necessarily require a certain room or a certain location yeah. it requires an idea just like Michael had and it needs the openness to create a team yeah, yeah. and that can create a co-working yeah, yeah, exactly. situation yeah a network of people who are really they are they, they have an internal motivation to do whatever they are doing and then they are willing to share that doing with others and I think that is typical or that is that is one of those best parts of the co-working spaces not necessarily the physical space itself but the people in the space yeah and that's a good jump for the maybe the next topic of this podcast the co-working spaces themselves because we were at, uh, in Amsterdam uh, a month ago yep. a, approximately a month ago and there was there were a lot of different types of like co-working spaces the thinking hut then there was the space B for business and Zoku and they differed quite a lot from each other uh, they all had uh, quite a similar idea but for instance the, the thinking hut was mainly based on uh, durability and uh, sustainable development companies developing tools for the future in a way and uh, also Zoku was interesting because it was a concept in the quite the central Amsterdam where people around the world business people around the world could come and stay there so it was a co-working and co-living space so you could organize your room the hotel room could be turned into a meeting room in an in an instance so that was really interesting but the one thing maybe if we're thinking about the aspect of Hamk was that they really didn't do that much cooperations with the local university mm, that was true yeah. so in a way even though we're located in Visamaki that's not uh, that's not in the center of Hamelin or in like Tampere or Helsinki we still have the openness to create co-working spaces and co-working opportunities mm. around us yeah yeah, yeah it was um, uh, there was something very interesting about this Jogu concept where people who could go to a finest hotel in their city center that they can choose and still they choose Joku where you have actually the dinner is together with the others um, you can work with the others in a very uh, comfortable but not too fancy uh, environment where which is actually a very much uh, uh, in inspires you to to uh, have a discussion about your challenges and, and ideas and so on so uh, uh, th that was very interesting concept and then this uh, thinking hunt I think there was something something uh, uh, bold I would say that they they choose what kind of companies they want to bring together so they clearly wanted uh, companies that are doing something for environmental issues it was quite I interesting concept I would say so th because th there are so many things that you can do around environment and once you bring companies together it, it is quite quite uh, nice thing I think yeah I think so too but from there we can come maybe to the Hanks model so even though we don't have the atmospheres they do 
uh, it was it's good to hear the opinions Michael has because Michael has been our first double degree student in the business mm -hmm. and uh, he's been imbued in a way to the Hunks model that includes the C school and the startup business school mm -hmm. so uh, what's the key thing or the most important thing you think that is crucial for the Hunks model to prosper in a way Michael um, I really think it's this interdisciplinary interdisciplinary working together. Um, as I mentioned, we never had this supportive environment back home in, in Switzerland. So that was really, it didn't just help me to progress my project, but it was also inspiring um, and very motivational. So whenever you get stuck and whatever project you do, there will always be a point where you get stuck. You know that there are other people's that, that may help you and that have other experiences and other point of views so that you really can, can come together and, and solve your current problem to further progress. And uh, I guess that's really one of the big advantages of, of HAMC. Um, as you said, it's, it's not the facilities, it's, it's more about the spirit um, that, that is here. And that's, that's really cool and uh, was really great to, to make that experience here. Hmm. Yeah. Yes, I think that this that this is a good point. This this spirit or atmosphere that uh, that we are here really to to learn new. All of us. I mean, not only the students but the staff as well. And I think that somehow we, we th this is a driving force in in somehow in in our working and it really makes it more interesting to work here with the students once you are learning yourself. For example, uh, it was very nice to follow this uh, Michael's project, very practical things like how to scan, uh, how to scan this first uh, prototype and try to, try to um, get it, uh, I, I think it wasn't 3D printed yet once we scan it and or was it? No, it wasn't. It was molded. Yeah, and then, then, then we scan. And many other things that are related to, to not only the technical side, but then this uh, 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 business design as well. So um, you participated in, in uh, Startup Business School, where y your case was to see the commercialization aspects of your idea. How did you find it? Um, it was very interesting as well because, um, as mentioned, it was very practical. So all the guidelines we had were, don't remember exactly, like 15 sheets where we had to put on our ideas and all the rest we had to find our way through ourselves, uh, of course with, with the support of, of the teachers, but we really had to go out there and find out about the market and the user we have talked a lot about, but also about other stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And it was great experience and I really learned a lot. I learned much more than just the theoretical, um, theoretical classes that we had in, in other courses. So, mm -hmm. because I really had to use all the things that I learned in the courses before to apply them to a practical case and therefore uh, improved my skills a lot. Hmm. Okay, it's good to hear. Um, as we have 
somehow perceived by ourselves that this kind of uh, 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 business design, uh, design thinking, lean startup uh, uh, processes, they are all, one way or another, they are all learning processes that actually requires practical doing, not only discussing and, and uh, creating ideas, but actually making them real. And this, for example, this validation, it is so good to go there, to meet people, talk, observe, see what is really happening. And it, it is uh, so good that we all do it once in a while, so that we keep on, uh, on track what we are doing. Yeah, maybe that uh, that's one of the part of the conclusion. So that we all have to also be open that uh, we don't know a lot, and uh, that should be the driving force in the future also, because uh, acknowledging our uncertainties mm -hmm. helps us to learn new you with the design thinking. So it's all about the information, really, as mm -hmm. we learned in the Michael's case and in the business cases. We are uncertain and we don't know, mm. we really don't know. Mm. And it is the, the process that helps us to live with the unknown and find answers to, to our questions. Okay. Thank you. And uh, thank you, Michael, for your visit in Finland. So yeah. this is the second last day of your Finnish trip. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it ends tomorrow, but uh, I'm willing to come back. So, <laughs> hope won't be the last time here. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And we will follow you on your LinkedIn and uh, maybe other uh, other medias as well. And uh, we really uh, congratulate you from your degree once you soon get it. And uh, it has been really an in interesting uh, uh, learning process in many ways. So, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was great.